good Thursday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Thursday Night Throwdown presented by the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Coming to you on this special night, February 10th, 2022. Uh, first and foremost, for those that don't know um, what today is and why is it special around these parts, um, four years ago today, we made our debut on Anchor FM. And that was our first really official podcast with a name. We had been going since about July 2017 sporadically. You know, we started out as just a Saturday show, something to do on Saturday. But then we had so many conversations that needed to be discussed during the week. You know, then it went from Saturday to Saturday and Sunday. Then you get Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, then we switched it to Tuesday and Thursday. So now you have the Sunday rise on Sunday to start your mornings and your week off, right? You might have a DC sports rundown on Monday during the football season, or if something big comes up in the NBA, DC sports wise, you have the Tuesday night flight, Wednesday wind up, Thursday night throwdown, which we are at today, Friday freestyle, and most importantly, the Saturday night WrestleManiacs. So we have evolved in four years to possibly having a show every day of the week if we wanted to, <laughs> but wouldn't be nowhere without you, the listeners. So big shout out goes to everybody that contributes. Of course, thank you to the Midnight Rider, Ben. Happy anniversary. I appreciate that. Thank you. Happy anniversary to you too, sir. You're a part of this family too, because you come through, with the fire. And I, I I do appreciate that. Lady C, the Swamp Queen. Thank you. The main event, the icon, the showstopper, Big Jim. Thank you. The boss BJ, who keeps this thing running. Thank you. The Nubian Sumo. Thank you. The People's Choice Don Rodriguez. Thank you. The man of the hour, tower of power, too sweet to ever be sour, Delante. Thank you. And of course, of course, the man is cool as ice, twice as nice, and they never had a bad day in his damn life, Junie. Thank you. Can't wait to get you back, brother, because we got this NBA talk, and oh my goodness, we had trade deadline. This is where I need Junie. Like, man. <laughs> With the Wizards talk, the James Harden things, this is where, this is Junie's wheelhouse. So get well soon, brother, because we got to break down all of this. But happy anniversary to my fellow sideline junkies. Thank you for four years, four plus years actually, but thank you for four years of success. Now it's time to keep pushing and keep evolving. So. All right, enough of the mushy shit. <laughs> Let's get into this hardcore gangster shit. 76ers pull off a blockbuster trade for James Harden. Okay. Ben Simmons, he pouted his way out of Philadelphia because he didn't play at all this season, racked up a bracket fines. James Harden pouted his way out of Brooklyn. You know, Kyrie, James Harden, and uh, KD all played 16 games, 13 and 3. 
This is supposed to be a super team. Yeah, it ain't that. It ain't that. And let me not gloss over this. Joined right now by the man that keeps this show running. Signs all the checks. Keeps us in fancy equipment. As you can see, hey, we went from being dropped every five seconds, starting out. Now we don't have no drops. The boss, BJ, paying the guys in the truck. Yo, yo, what's going on, my man? What's going on? Happy anniversary to you, brother. Hey, man, happy anniversary. And uh, I just want to double up on what you said. You know, just thank you to everybody. You know, it's, it's, it's a journey. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Um, it's a learning experience. We we get better every every other every podcast. We get better. We do better. You know, um, I just think about where we were when we started, and everybody just so giddy and just like excited. And you know, it's just um, it's one of those things where as long as you keep that energy, when you find a passion, and you know, everybody likes to talk about sports. Everybody don't know what they're talking about. You know. Um, here at the sideline junks, we, we take pride in knowing some stuff. We don't know everything, you know, but we, we like to, you know, show off at times, you know. Everybody got their own expertise and depth of knowledge, and it's, a, it's all appreciated, man. And everybody that contributes to the show, everybody that listens, you know, everybody that's ever shared anything, liked the post, commented, uh, contributed, you know, Thank you. It's really appreciated, but like like the big guy KG said, does not stop here. It can only evolve and get better and and go bigger. So that's what we're looking for. So enough of the mushy stuff. Let's get let's get in. <laughs> Indeed. Now, we talking about James Harden forcing his way out of Brooklyn. I, I want to say New Jersey so bad. He forcing his way out of Brooklyn. Um, Big Jim asked a question in the group chat. How does that make Harden look? And I'm gonna throw it to you first. Well, the the report from Wojnarowski, I can never say that man's name. I hope I said it right. Is that he, you know, he's he's wanted this trade, but he was afraid of the backlash that he was gonna get, you know, requesting the trade. And it's just like, dude, this is 2022, the social media age. You're gonna get the backlash once the news come out anyway whether it's done at the last second or you just straight out requested it last week. It doesn't matter. You know, it's still, it's a big dent in his legacy. It's almost, you know, like, yes, he's going to be a key piece to Philadelphia. If you can get a motivated James Harden, I'll take that over what Philadelphia gave up any day because, yeah, they gave up Seth Curry. But when we're, when we sit down and we talking basketball, you don't have to like what James Harden just did, but James Harden, and I always compare what James Harden did in Houston to what Bradley Bill does here. James can win a game. James can take over a game. James is a scorer. James is a is, is, is a number one when he wants to be. You know, you don't get the same thing here in D.C. We're not going to talk about D.C. right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it, I think if, if anybody can motivate him is Doc. But it's a big hit on his legacy. Um, you know, a lot of people are comparing it or making it, making it 
worse than the KD decision. Like this, this has swept the the decision from LeBron from the Cavaliers to the Heat under the rug. <laughs> like this, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. This guy has gone twice in what less than a season, two times. It hasn't even been a full season. Um, you know they they traded. Westbrook, it was rumblings that, you know, him and Westbrook wasn't getting along. And Westbrook is a whole nother, uh, a whole nother topic that we'll get to. But they got John, John Wall, and they got DeMarcus Cousins. And, you know, I know the rumors are, he, you know, he kind of quit because the, the GM let, resigned or whatever. But James looked at that team and was like, I can't win a championship with these dudes. I can't. I, I can't. He quit. It's, this is a this is this is just a KG. This is just a soft NBA man. The soft NBA, soft NFL, and um, uh, you know one of our junkies, Gary. Gary makes a very good point. He said the next CBA for these players is going to be hell because you got these players on these max contracts basically quitting. Ben Simmons, James Harden, you know. It has to be a way for the teams to get up from under this, and it's not. Like Ben Simmons just held the Philadelphia Sixers hostage, and to my surprise, Philly was very, very, and it worked. It works out for him because they get they get what they needed to win a championship, which is scoring. He's not giving you any defense. They got defensive people, but they also got some scores. They got Embiid, Tobias Harris, still. And now you get one of the best top scorers in the league. You know, when he's on his game, top five scorer in the league, you get James Harden. Turns Philadelphia into a whole nother beast. So a very, very big dent in the armor when you talk about legacy. But, you know, what do you always say, KG? Winning erases everything and championships flush it down. Agreed. And I haven't said this in a while, and it's good to say it right now. We're joined by the man of the hour, Tower of Power, too sweet to ever be sour, Delonte. What's good? What's good? My bad, y'all. I got uh, beat up by the mute button. What's good? Happy anniversary, the whole nine, all that. Yes, indeed, man. Happy anniversary to you, too. And what you thinking about this whole Harden thing and how does that make him look? That's, I mean, that's... My question. That's the question I'm going around the table with first. So he he didn't want to uh, publicly say he wanted out, but it was his body language. It was, you know, his demeanor, you know, all that, that he wanted out. Um, and, of course, Ben Simmons, he wasn't coming back to Philly, especially after that whole last year debacle in the uh, playoffs against Atlanta. Um, I felt like it made sense. They wasn't going to win no title. In, uh, in Brooklyn, it's just too much uncertainty. KD, you know, he had that that point in his career, you know, where the injuries going, you know, they come and go. Kyrie can only play on the road, um, you know what I'm saying? Because he, he he don't believe in the mark of Buddha and and, and, and Harden, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a hell of a scorer, but that man don't play no defense. And uh, like Brooklyn, man, they just they were just getting scored on. I thought the Lakers looked bad. You you got to look at Brooklyn situation. It's it's dire straits over there. 
I don't even think they're gonna. I don't even know. I don't even know if they're gonna make the playoffs. That's a possibility. Yeah. So I just, I, I think it was, I think it was, it was well timed. You know, what I'm saying it was a change needed for both teams, all parties. You know, things of that nature. The whole nine. Let me let me say this because you you said something. Two things. You said something about uh, Kyrie not believing in the mark of Buddha. And the first thing my mind went to when you said that. If anybody, I, we're all old enough to remember How High. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And when Ivory invited the girl over, she said, what is that in the middle of your face? He said, oh, baby, it just sprang up. It's the mark of Buddha. It's the skid mark of Buddha. You know, that's the first thing I thought about when you said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little juvenile, but I'll take that. But that's a funny movie. I, I, it's hey, fine. But That was... That was the inspiration for that comment. It <laughs> was uh, earlier last week. They was watching it in the office. And I'm like, man, a Marco Buddha. Man, one of my all time favorite movies to be exact. Yes, sir. But uh, and, go ahead. Oh, my bad. And, and, and to uh, the Midnight Rider, um, I see your comment. No, sir. I, I do not think Brooklyn makes the, con- uh, the playoffs this year. No, sir. KD won't even be back until probably like the end of the month, maybe. And I think, you know, what I'm saying, the, and with their upcoming schedule, it's going it's going to be tough, bro. It's going to be tough. So if they do make it, we might be looking like maybe like a six, seven, C, you know, well six, six through eight, or, or possibly a play in. Oh, that's right. The top six get in. And then I think seven to, through ten, that's a play-in situation. So mm-hmm. there'll probably be a play-in situation. And right about now, they're sitting at eight. The weakest, the weakest crap. The NBA. And I know you're trying to, you know, get more bang for the buck. And yeah, some of the play-in games have been exciting and stuff. But this is the participation trophy stuff. This is, you know, eighth, eighth, nine and ten shouldn't be playing for the offs. It's just it shouldn't, you know, it, you know, it, it just, you know, you want to you want to do an eight and nine playing game. Cool. But now 10 in it. Just just let all of them play now. Just let all each conference play and just battle out until they pass out. You know, it's just it's 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 a that's a whole nother rabbit hole. I ain't going to address right now. But, you know, I mean, you know, it, it just um, I mean, because Ben Simmons doesn't work without KD and Kyrie on the floor. He he gives them a different dynamic. He can handle the ball. He's good, you know, defensively. Um, he's athletic, quick. You know, if, if if he can work with someone and just get, you know, not even the jumper, just get the, you know, low post moves, get get to the basket better, you know, those type of things. Like don't don't try to, you know, force yourself to shoot. It's not your game. You know, that's not your game. Just like Russell Westbrook, you know, he's been hiding his whole career. Now he's getting exposed in, in, in L.A. He's been hiding his whole career. He's had a coach that every time they go in the locker room, he'd bend over and grab his ankles and tell you, Russ, what do you need me to do? How many times do you want the ball? How many times do you want to shoot? How many turnovers do you need? And now he doesn't have that. And now he's not the main focal point he has somebody to answer to on a team for the first time he's ever been on a team. 
He has somebody to answer to, which is LeBron. And you can see it on his face. Like, boss, I'm sorry, master. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. So um, don't force it. I think if he gets in there, if they can hold on, I, I will be interested. Does anybody know if Ben Simmons is ready to play now? Is he is he going to suit up or is he still mentally, you know, drained and needs time and stuff? Do anybody know if he's playing right now? Haven't anybody said, but I do know that uh, James Harden has said that he's going to sign his extension to stay in uh, Philadelphia next season. So he's not just staying this season. He's already said, hey, I'm signing my extension to come back next season. Yeah, he already did that. I exercised a player option for what, $43 million? I'd sign it too. Yeah, $43 million. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, hey, look, it's, it's, it's sad. It's a sad thing for the NBA, what they have to deal with. And the NFL, you know, you have players holding the NFL teams hostage too. And, you know, but, but to the flip side of that, this is like, you know, as a GM, you know, it puts a disadvantage. You know, and, and you know, me being a Wizards fan, all, I can speak on the Wizards. Um, you know, it puts teams like the Wizards in a disadvantage because, you know, you, you draft, making your draft picks and stuff, and, you know, these players want to go play in Miami. They want to play in L.A., New York. And it's just getting to a point where it's just ridiculous and just, just knock the damn league down to eight or ten teams, the teams that the, the players want to play for. Because the, the Washingtons, the New Orleans, I mean, you know, it's already rumbling Zion want to leave New Orleans. You know, the Memphises of the world, you know, Utah's, the Sacramento. Nobody want to play there. Nobody wants to go there. Everybody wants to go to L.A., both L.A.'s, Miami, Orlando. Even though, you know, Orlando has a producer winner, you'll take that, that weather any day. New York, the Mecca. You know, Boston. Um, am I, who am I missing, KG? Who am I missing? Uh, Atlanta. Of course, that's a party city. Yeah, um, I, I can see people want to go to Atlanta, yes. Uh, used to be Portland. It used to be uh, San Antonio. But, you know, everybody, every, if they could, they could go to the Warriors because you know you're going to win. Phoenix is a destination now. Uh, Memphis is a destination now. So, you know, it, it used to be so many places that you didn't want to go because of the weather and the team. But it, sometimes if you win and you, you can brave the weather and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, we, you know, I, I say that because, you, you know, braving the weather, you know, you got your buffaloes of the world where, you know, once the players get up there, they're like, man, this is a great place. But the weather is shitty. You know, it's just you got to. I'm talking about the teams that you don't have to force people to love. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about the highlight destination because this is it's ridiculous. Houston parties a party town too. You know, while Harden was down there, he was partying with all the Houston rappers and the strip clubs and everything else. So, you know, yeah. Houston might be one of them destinations too. But it's just like, it's just like you know, what do you have to do? You know, what do you have to do to keep your team? You know, you get the number one draft pick and you land in Zion. You land LeBron James in Cleveland. You know, the only reason why he was faithful to, to Cleveland, that's his hometown. 
He came back, won a championship. You know, um, I mean, but <sighs> I know we off track. Get us back on track, KG. All right. Now, uh, the Midnight Rider says they don't, they're doing a ramp up for Simmons. So that's good. That'll get him back in game shape and go from there. Now, I got Washington Wizards fans here. So let me say this. Spencer Dinwiddie, out. He's gone to Dallas, which I think is a better situation. I mean, he went from being 24 and 29 to being uh, 32 and 23. So I think that's a good trade-off. I think that's a good move for Spencer Dinwiddie. Bradley Bill is still a wizard. But now you don't have Davis Bertans as well as Spencer Dinwiddie, but you got Kristap Porzingis. Uh, and my biggest question is, my first question is, how do you feel about that But that trade, number one, as a Wizard fan? Number two, is he going to be healthy enough to produce? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, let me let me go first, and I'm going to talk about the uh, – the Porzingis uh, acquisition. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? He he got heart. Um, still young, but I don't know. I, I think we might have. I'm afraid we may have seen his best basketball when he was in New York. So, um, I'm hopeful you know, he could bring something to his Wizards team. I believe they, you know, they blew it up today. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can bring something to the squad, but if I'm being realistic, I'm I'm not sure, man. Um, I'm here. I'm standing outside, so you just have to excuse the excess noise. You know where to start. I'm deeply disappointed as a Wizards fan. Uh, it was reported that Bradley Bill and his agent were in uh, Capital One Arena. At the Wizards facility, meet with the team brass. So, you know, they, they made a point to say that, you know, Bill's agent is in Chicago, usually doesn't come down for too much of anything. And for me, I was hoping it was to ask Bradley Bill where he would like to go. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just at the point as a Wizards fan and as a basketball fan, as a Wizards fan first, I'll speak. I, I'm absolutely tired of number three. I'm tired of Bradley Bill. Um, this is not a guy that you can build your franchise around and win a championship. Um, I would, I would challenge anybody that says otherwise. You name me a team. You name me just anybody that's you doing a, a, a fantasy NBA draft with the current players. You, you, you find me somebody that's picking Bradley Bill top twenty. Good score. Really great score when he's motivated. He played his ass off last year because one thing Russell Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook does is he plays at such a high level and hustles. He, he, like, he goes 110%. That you cannot deny about Russell Westbrook. And doing in doing so, he forces. Now, he's the number one guy on the team last year in Washington. MVP caliber. Nobody's on his level. So he's the number one. And usually when you're number one on the team, you have to play on his level. And Russ plays at a high-level, fast pace, you know. And he gets in people's faces and stuff. And, you know, now that he's in L.A., he doesn't do that because he's really not that guy. But, you know, back to Washington. He had a real good season last year, forced to play. 
because of Russell, forced to play at a high level because of Russell. This isn't a guy you want to build your franchise around. And I feel like the Wizards basically clipped their nuts yesterday because I really was, you know, I saw Joe Ingles get traded from Utah. He's hurt, torn ACL, done for the season. They traded him. I was hoping they would get Brad's preferred destination and let him go. This team, I don't know what you want me to bet. I don't know what I got to put up, but is Bradley Bill as a number one and the Washington Wizards, this team will never win a championship. The highest ceiling for this team, what's in the East right now, maybe second round. If if they if they get all the cards fall in their favor, maybe East Finals. You know, like they got to play Milwaukee the next round, and uh, the Greek freak is hurt. You know, something like that. Or they got to play 76ers and NBs hurt, and all they got to do was Harden. That's that's the only way. Um, I like the moves Tommy Shepard makes. I think you know, it's. I don't think Porzingis is the last of the deal, even though, you know, of course, the trade deadline is passed. I think that it might be a bigger picture down the line, you know, if Brad is going to do a sign and trade because he can still get his money and go to the destination. Maybe that's what they talked about. Hey, you know, let us get something for you. You sign with us. We trade you. You still get your max. You still get your 60 extra million dollars. And then we can package you and, you know, get some stuff back. I'm hoping that's what the deal is. Brad would be really good with the Lakers, the Clippers as a, you know, second, third man. Like on the Lakers, he'd be number three behind um, LeBron and AD. He would be uh, number three behind uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Brooklyn, he'd be number three behind uh, KD and Kyrie Irving. Miami, he would be two or three-ish. That's where he's going to flourish at. If you have him as your rock, your anchor, you're going to win 40 games a year. He's just not going to do it. He's not that guy. He's proven it over and over again. Can't stay healthy. Um, when he does stay healthy, I mean, he, you know, yeah, he 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 scored, averaged 30-something points last year. But, you know, I, I pointed out a couple of seasons ago, you had Harden averaging 38. Bill ain't had no stretch like that. I, and I and I go back. Tell me when Bill last time Bill had a forty-five point game, fifty-point game, forty-point game. Just let me know how many, and then you go to the other top scorers in the league, the people that are number ones on their team, and you let me know. You compare them. Um, I'm hoping he's gone this summer. I really do. I've seen enough of him as a Wizards fan. Um, I'm hoping it's a sign and trade deal. You know, so he can get his money and get the hell on. Because um, it's, it's teams that's going to eat him up. It's te- that's not the issue. That's not the issue. I just wish they could have got rid of him now. Because they need they just need to blow it up and restart it. You know, as a Wizards fan, as any basketball fan, if you're, you're a fan of your team, you have to ask yourself, what's the ceiling of this team? Last year when Russell Westbrook Hill, this this the ceiling of this team was a 4-5 seed, if they get hot, they might make it to the East Finals. That's it. That was the ceiling. This team's not going to win a championship. You know, there's no hardware coming from this team. You know, they they 
made the playing game. They didn't even get to four or five. They were in the playing game, you know, showed off in the playing game. I think they lost one, won the next one, they got get in, and then swept right on out of there. So you have to ask yourself, like, you know, what are we building here? I just hope that Tommy Shepard knows better. I really do, because it just seems like they're giving Bill LeBron power. Like, who do you want here? Like, Spencer Dinwiddie. It's like, you know, it was rumblings that him and Bill wasn't getting along. He's gone. Uh, Montrez Harrell played, you know, he, you know, uh, 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 the, the bully, you know, the dirty work man. Why, why is he gone? You know, I, you know, I think KG was telling me it was reports he didn't like it here. I, I guess I wouldn't like it too if your number one player is a crybaby. If your number one player ain't a dog, ain't willing to do get dirty, like Bill ain't getting dirty for nobody. And that you know, we'll see. We'll see how this summer goes. I say this every year when we get to the summertime and the Bradley Bill sweepstakes. And I said it, you know, when this season started, it's like I'm tired of going through it. I just wanted to be done with. You know, I don't want I don't want you to keep saying, I feel like he's doing a James Harden. Oh, I want to be here. I want to be here. Yeah, I want to be here. Just tell us, just look, hey, it's 2022, social media age. All y'all are cotton candy soft anyway in the NBA. You know, y'all feelings get hurt easy regardless. You know, like we'll never love you as much as we love John Wall. Like it's cool. Leave. Like, get out. Don't hold us hostage, though, bro. You know, go somewhere. Be a second or third fiddle. You'll fit in just fine. You're not that guy. You're not the main guy. You never will be. You know, the only way you're going to win a chip is riding somebody's coattail. That's it. That's it for me, KG. That's all I got. Good Lord. <laughs> um, I-, I got no comeback because... What you said is your opinion, and it, it, it's gospel because it's your opinion. Now, uh, the Midnight Rider says, today's moves made it easy to get a realistic rotation. I hope so, because, I mean, I may not be a quote-unquote Wizards fan. As long as they're not playing the Bulls, I like to see them win any game that they play. I'm going to be honest with you. I like to see them win any game they play as long as they're not playing my Bulls. But the hype that surrounded this team at the beginning of this season to going from number one in the East within the first month, you know, top three in the in the East in the first month, destroying people, playing as a team to, what are they, 11th now? 10, 11? That, that's a pretty big fall for the Wizards. And it's, it's, it's not good. It's not a good look. And I'm not blaming Wes Unsell Jr. for any of it because I think he's the guy to lead this team. But you got a dog like KCP. You got a dog like Kuzma who's balling. I really think what should have been holding this team together is Bill. But Bill is acting like a diva. But you haven't done anything to earn the diva title. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You know, what he said, uh, what game was that? They were up by 35 or something like that. And they, you know, they almost lost the game. They wound up winning it. But he was mad because he had to go back in the game. Like, bro, when that shit got to 15, we up by 35. If it got they got close to 15, I'm tapping the coach like, yo, I'm ready to go back in here. I'm going off. All I need is the green light. And Bill has had the green light for the last three years. 
Yeah, uh, did he lead the league in scoring? He, I know he was one or two last year in scoring. I don't know if he won the scoring title. He was two. I don't think okay. nah, he he would he didn't win the scoring title. I think he was right off of it. <clears throat> you you got the green light. And if a coach gives you the green light, give me the green light. And I know I can shoot. I know I can score. I'm going at it. Now, see the difference between Beal and Harden? Harden needs help to score. And Scottie Pippen, <laughs> Scottie Pippen, he, he said how to defend Harden three years ago. He said, you can't let Harden walk the ball up, get to a sweet spot and go to work. You got to defend him 94 feet. You have to. Bump him off his sweet spot. Make him uncomfortable. Scotty Pippen said, when you get off the bus, you need to start guarding him. He said, I guard him as soon as he wake up in the morning. I'm right there with him. That's how you do it. Now that they made that rule where you can't, you know, flail and kick your leg out and do all that stuff to get fouls, you notice James Harden ain't, ain't happy. He can't score. Bradley Beal never relied on none of that. Bradley Beal relied on getting to the bucket, shooting his mid-range. He could shoot the three. Bradley Bill was a has always been a complete player. But it's like he doesn't have the drive. He doesn't have the 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 feeling to be that guy anymore. You know, and it's sad to say, but I agree with you, BJ. His time is up. It's time to go. Bradley Bill walks around Washington like he got two championships. You would have thought this dude went off in the Game 7 and NBA Finals and wheeled his team to a championship. Well, the reality is he, that they haven't made it no further than the second round. I think that was with John when they were touting him saying, oh, we're the best backcourt in the league. Well, all right, that, that's cool. Win something. That's just like me and, me and Gary was talking earlier, that ridiculousness. Uh, Westbrook, when he was challenging Stephen A. One of the few times I agree with Stephen A. Smith, and him and uh, Westbrook and his wife was, you know, going at Stephen A. Smith, <clears throat> talking about oh, I'm a champion in life, this, that, and other. Bro, nobody gives a shit about that. I don't know you personally. I don't care. Like, it, yeah, look, I'm a brother. It's nice to see Westbrook. You know, married a sister. You know, it doesn't matter. You marry who you love. You know, black love. We promote that on this show. We don't like it. Either. You know, father. I love it. I'm not worried about that, bro. You make 40-something million dollars a year. I'd be a champion in life, too. But we're talking about on the basketball court. What are you doing? Same here. We come back to Bradley. That's one of my goal for 2022 to stop ranting off top. Like, what are you doing on the court to make this team win? This team is doing nothing. Y'all peaked for a hot second, first in the East, and then it was like, whew, they sat down like, whew, I'm glad that's over with. Like, bro, y'all got 60-something more games to go. Now you, that's when you see who wants it, who diving on the floor to get it. Like, yeah, this is, this is, we taste blood. I like how it tastes. Yeah, we got to keep grinding for this. Who wants it? Like, don't get me wrong. The Wizards won the, the Lakers trade, sending Westbrook to LA. They won that trade straight up, outright. You know, you got Kuzma, even if you dump KCP, 
or find somebody better than him to start and move him to the bench, you know, that's that's an option. But just getting Kuzma out of that deal, you won. You know, but, you know, like I said, the Wizards, until they get rid of number three and get, get from under this nonsense, it's, it's just it's going to be a revolving door here. It's just, it's, unfortunately for the Wizards fans, it's just going to be a revolving door up to mediocrity, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm done with Bill, man. Um, what's, what's next, KJ? We, we got something. Well, let me say this before we get off of it. And this is something that is true. We've talked about it many times before. And you and Delonte, y'all can y'all know it's true because we lived in this area majority of our life, you know, outside of, you know, going away to college in, in, in Delonte's case outside of that. But we know for a fact when it comes to it's, but it's like it's a cloud over the Wizards. And Washington commanders mm. it's a cloud over these teams when somebody comes in and they're highly touted as a high draft pick you know maybe even savior of the franchise or a free agent comes in it's like they walk in like they're cock of the wall you see what i'm saying and they walk around like they got three championships here in dc but you ain't busted a grape yet. Okay. I'm talking about your Andre Blatches, your Bradley Beals, your John Walls. You know, those guys walked around like and thumping their chest. Antoine Jameson didn't do that. Karan Butler didn't do that. Even Gilbert Arenas didn't do that. And that, you know, that was the big three. Weber, uh, Howard, all those guys, Rod Strickland, they didn't walk around thumping their chest. They knew they had to work. And they were missing maybe two pieces to getting over the hump, but also you have to realize they had to deal with the Bulls, okay? But a lot of guys come to this town and they walk around like they king shit and they ain't did shit. That's the problem that we have right now in D.C. We have that on the football side and the basketball side. You see it right now with Bradley Beal. And whether anybody wants to admit it or not, yeah, he's walking around like he's cock of the walk. We see it on the football side because look at the quote-unquote four first-round draft picks that we had to hear about all year that they, they didn't really produce. When two of the four went out, that's when the defense took over and was like, all right, we're going to play some ball. It's a problem. I'm tired of being paper champions in D.C. Offseason, you win the offseason and, you know, everybody's penciling you in for the Super Bowl. They're penciling you in for the the, 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 the NBA finals. And then once the, the, the ball drops on the regular season, you shrink back into mediocrity. How much money do I owe you, B.J., off of these damn Wizards? Because the Wizards are going to pay this. Because I owe you, I said they were going to win 50 games. Right, an astronomical amount. Every year we you start a podcast, you've made a weird ass. Wizards gonna win sixty games. What they had, to, they won. What did they win? Fifty two that year, the year before. I said, like, all they gotta do is win eight more. I said they can win this. They they good. 
Was it 52 or was it 50? I can't remember how many they won that year. I would have to look it up. But they they were a good team. They came back the next year. They barely won 42. Then they got everybody back healthy. I was like, the Wizards can win 60 this year. They can win 60 with this team. And the East is weak. Oh, LeBron's gone. They about to take over. What did they do? I think they won like 39 games. I think it was like three years in a row. They, they've let me down on these bets. They're going to pay these bets. But this is my point. You have the team. You have the personnel. And, you know, you got to deal with everything that everybody else got to deal with. You got to deal. Right now, you got to deal with COVID. You got to deal with uh, 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 injuries, you know, off nights. You got to deal with all of that. But if you don't pull together as a team, you're never going to win anything. And this is the time that the Wizards need to be like, I think Bradley Bill's out for the season. And I hope this team just be like, you know what? Bill's done for the season. We're going to have to pull together and we're going to have to win this and make this. And I hope they go on a run. And when I say a run, I'm talking about in every 10 games, the Wizards lose two. So they win eight. They go eight and two every 10 games. And I hope that happens. I hope they go through the playoffs storming without Bill. So they can be like, Nick, we don't need you. We don't need you. That's just my hope. But anyway, uh, moving on to last topic, um, Commanders Talk. Mm. Mm. A young intern who's not so young anymore, Dario, just texted me. He was like, I really don't like that name. Well, kid, I don't either. I, I, I said my piece on it. I'm not going to keep going back and forth with it. But ugh, just ugh. you couldn't think of nothing better. That just sound like we just going to get ran over all year long. Anyway, first and foremost, Daniel Snyder has launched an investigation into another sexual assault allegation. Um, The league said, no, 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 no. We're going to launch our own investigation. So Danny Boy's in hot water yet again. Uh, DeShazer Everett, special teams captain. Um, The, the... The Rock for the special team, backup strong safety, even started a strong safety a couple of games. Uh, had turned himself in, I think it was yesterday, for involuntary manslaughter. Stemming from the accident that he had, I think that was back in December. Uh, he was doing twice the speed limit, which was 45 in Loudoun County. Swerved his GTR, hit. Uh, he flipped his car over and hit a few trees, killing his girlfriend. So he's being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Uh, not many details have really come out, but I mean, they talked about the speeding, but was he under the influence? None of that has come out. <sighs> then we have Jonathan Allen, who has since deleted the tweet. I think somebody asked him who would he like, three people he'd like to have dinner with, and Hitler was one of the people that he wanted to have dinner with. So Twittersphere went off. Um I'm not used to the scrutiny from the nation, you know, the bad press from the nation uh, dealing with this team here in Ashburn because that's where the headquarters are. And Dario, to answer your question, I don't know whose child came up with the name Commanders. So I'm, I'm not even – sure about that i don't know why they picked that name but they had it picked 18 months ago but with everything that's going on in ashburn daniel snyder's new sexual assault allegation 
the shades of Everett involuntary manslaughter has turned himself into Loudoun County police. Um, Jonathan Allen saying he wants to have dinner with Hitler. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, what is this? What is any of this? We got an owner who wanted to be Jerry Jones so bad over the years. And we produce such a bad product. Only time we produced a decent winning product was under Marty Schottenheimer. That eight and eight season, we had some, we had heart. Lewis short on talent, but we had heart. We could have turned that into something. Uh, under Gibbs, we had we had a top ten defense. Two out of those three years, you know, we fell off one year and came back. Under Shanahan, we did pretty well. If he would have been given the chance, I think we we would have been set up for success. I can't count Gruden because he won with Shanahan's guys. We got something going here on the field. We got talent. It's just that they, a lot of the talent plays hero ball instead of playing within the system. Play the game within the game. Okay? This is a town, and for those of us that are 35 plus, I can't even say 30 plus anymore. Those of us that are 35 years and older, we grew up accustomed to winning. Especially those of us that are 80s babies. We grew up accustomed to winning in D.C. These are the things that we've gotten used to. But it's been 30 years since we've appeared in the Super Bowl. 30 years since we've been a threat to anybody in the NFL. 30 years since we've been relevant. And every day, every day, it never fails. We take an L. Whether it's a cringeworthy L with the new name being leaked, before the announcement or individuals coming up with slogans, trying to get everybody to jump on board with this new name, what have you. We're taking L's, man. We are the laughing stockers. <laughs> there it is. We are the laughing stock of the NFL. And we haven't even played a game yet under this new name. Now, BJ said it a few minutes ago, and we were talking about basketball, but it goes on football. It goes to any any uh, sport. Winning cures everything. It really does. Winning cures everything. And what I don't understand is why we got to take so many L's from the name, to the fan base and the fan base has been clanting. That's another thing. Everybody's talking about Russell Wilson coming here. Now, Russell Wilson comes here. Okay. Let's say you trade for Russell Wilson. What if the price is too high and you got to give up too much for Russell Wilson? Okay. And I've talked about it a few minutes ago. What about that black cloud that hangs over these Washington teams in the NBA and the NFL? Because the NHL, team the washington capitals even the washington nationals don't have to deal with that they get kind of sort of almost a bang for their buck with guys that come here some not all 
but I mean, more often than not, Russell Wilson comes here. And everybody said, oh, we just a quarterback away. We just a quarterback away. Heineke wasn't all that bad. We had to deal with a lot last season, but that's not an excuse. What if Russell Wilson does come here? What does that mean? Hmm? Does that guarantee us 12 victories? Does it guarantee us a spot in the NFC championship game? No, it doesn't. We got a guy in Curtis Samuel who played 84 snaps this season. 84. What did he get paid? $34 million? 84 snaps. And that's all we got for $34 million. That's that 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 that's pretty pretty damn expensive. I don't need that from Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. He's my fantasy quarterback every year because of the numbers he puts up. Him and Mahomes, my two fantasy quarterbacks, and I got to fix it so I can start both of them and start winning some championships around here. And the Midnight Rider says, you can't sell me a Heineke on Heineke. Sorry. Heineke was the equivalent of a rookie. He was going to make his mistakes. But. He during that win streak, that four game win streak, he willed us to a lot of wins, but also a lot of load should have been taken off of his shoulders. I noticed the difference in the team when J.D. McKissick went down. Because you didn't have that. Compliment to Antonio Gibson. Heineke was not a bad quarterback. You could win with him. Not I'm not even going to lie. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm just input it here, and, I, and I'm not gonna not gonna dwell on it. But if Kyle Shanahan was here and JD McKissick went down, he's gonna find a way. So a lot of what you're saying, I understand JD McKissick was you know rolling, but if your coaching can't adjust, I say this all the time, and I feel like I'm just repeating myself. You know, it goes with anything, not just the Commanders. If your coaching can't adjust to what you have, and I bring up Kyle Shanahan because he right now he's the best, head over heels the best of making do with what he has and game planning for what he has. You knew Debo Samuel was coming seven ways from Sunday. You couldn't stop him. Might have been a couple plays you got to him in the backfield, but for the most part, it was this: we're running this, and you stop it. We're going to run it so good you can't stop it. We're going to throw little wrinkles in here every now and again where, you know, it can't be stopped. So it's just like when I see what the commanders have on offense still, even with J.D. McKissick going down, you still have a weapon in in Antonio Gibson. And, yeah, he, you know, I think he was playing a tad injured. But you still have some other receivers and weapons that – could have been used Debo Samuel-ish. You had some re- receivers in, out there with speed that you could have kind of worked some things in. So, you know, you know, is that Ty- Taylor Heineke's fault? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Just they just came from NFC Championship. So it's just like, I don't know, KG. I just feel like. Offensively, game plan wise, offensively and defensively, commanders can.
Well, in my honest opinion, in my honest expert opinion, I think this may be a make or break year for Jack Del Rio and Scott Turner. Because if you can't win with this squad, you got a receiver that's up and coming. You got a running back that's up and coming. You got a young team. And your window is shrinking to win with this team. If you cannot win with this team, you had a coordinator trying to hide the limitations of his QB. That's his job. That's his job as a coordinator. You got so many quarterbacks that are good at things, but they're bad at others. So you hide the bad things and you accentuate the good things. Look at Tony Romo. Tony Romo was... Not the greatest quarterback. He wasn't mobile, but he was smart. Tony Romo was very smart. They accentuated what he did well and hid what he did worse. But the thing was, when it came down to the big stage, that's when it got exposed. Same thing with uh, RG3. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick. They got exposed after a while. But the thing is, Good quarterbacks, good coordinators evolve because after you expose what Kaepernick and, 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 and Griffin could do with the read option, they could also kill you with the play action because of the threat of the run. And under Harbaugh and Shanahan, respectively, and I'm talking Mike Shanahan, those two quarterbacks set the league on fire in 2012 and for Kaepernick 2013. They, 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 their, their, their weaknesses were kind of hidden, but they could still ball out and they could still kill you. That's what the thing that Shanahan tried to sell to RG3. We're not going to take you out of the read option. You don't have to run, but it's a threat of you running. Just if you make them think you're going to run, we're going to be successful. That's why Alf ran for back to back. What uh fifteen hundred yard seasons? Can because of the question? threat. Yes. At what point? I mean, look, and I say this, and I guess I gotta say, stop saying like no disrespect, because I mean every bit of disrespect. I said, you, I, or the Midnight Rider can go coach a team right now and hide the deficiencies. Okay, when do you? Amplify the strengths. Why didn't commanders do more read option with Heineke? Why didn't they do more uh, screens, bubble screens with Gibson and 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 uh, um, McLaurin and Brown and and who Sims? Why 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 as a fan am I asking these questions? Things to get your offense going. Why? Why am I asking this stuff? When? When do you? When do you like? I. Right, yes, you have to hide the, the weaknesses. Like if you got a weakness on the right side, you know that you do certain things to kind of adjust for that. Okay. Let me ask you a question. You are a lifelong Birdie and Gold fan. <clears throat> what is one of Joe Gibbs' number one plays? Counter tray. Okay. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. The, and this is what I'm saying. This is what separates the men from the boys. You knew it was coming. 
Joe Gibbs did not give a fuck if he knew it was coming. And he was going to run it. He was going to run it. They were going to run it to perfection because we feel like we're better than you. At the end of the day, you can't stop it even if you know it's coming. Debo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan is the same way in San Francisco. You know it's coming. You know this man is going to touch the ball some type of way. You can put a spy on him. You can put two spies on him. You can come out and dime and have your dime back or your nickel back. Run around with Debo Samuel. We're getting yards. I, I just don't want to hear the excuses for, oh, he's hiding. He got to hide this. And they can't do this. And they have limitations on offense. BS. And here's the BS. Thing. But here's the thing. Didn't I say that the whole entire season? I said the same exact thing the whole entire season. Why are we not running more read option? Why are we not putting the ball in the hands of our playmakers? I blame uh, – uh, um, geez, I can't even think of my offensive coordinator name, but I blame him because you're Scott supposed Turner. to – Yeah, Scott Turner. I don't know why I wanted to call him Scott Allen, but Scott Turner. I blame him because the thing is you knew what your quarterback couldn't do so when you know what he can't do, behind closed doors, you work on it. You get him better at it, but you accentuate what he can do, and you go from there. These are the same questions that I ask. That's why I say I don't blame uh, 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 Heineke. I don't blame him. I think he was held back. He was supposed to know the playbook, and, oh, we're going to open up the playbook. You should have opened up the playbook immediately because this kid already knows the playbook. He had a whole summer to digest it. It's not Al Saunders. It's not 900 pages. But it's not also it's also not a uh, uh, Herman Boone split view where it's only six plays out of different formation neither. But he had enough time to digest the playbook to know what he can do, what he can't do, and how to work on. It. You had a whole summer, you had a full off season to work on it. That's my point. That's why I cannot blame Taylor Heineke. Now you bring Russell Westbrook here, Russell Westbrook. Jeez, he already gone. You bring Russell Wilson here. And you probably deal with the same thing. You probably deal with an offensive coordinator that's going to hold a veteran quarterback back instead of letting him fly. Because Russell Russell Wilson can run, will run, but doesn't need to. All he needs is a little time. And you see the type of years that he's had where he's had he didn't have top-tier receivers. You know, he had Lockett. I don't consider Lockett a, a, an elite receiver in the NFL. DK Metcalf, yeah, pretty good, but he's not elite. Because in my, in my honest opinion, A.J. Brown, still a better receiver than him, was a better receiver at Ole Miss. But you can go get a quarterback, and you're going to still have the same problems until you open up this offense and unleash the dogs. You got a guy on the line in Wes Schweitzer who led the league in run block wins. And he played a limited role, but he led the league in run block wins. Why are you not running behind that big behemoth? I could run for a buck 50 behind him. He out front pulling. I could run behind him. You should be running, everybody running behind him. You got Sheriff. When Sheriff's healthy, run behind him. 
You still got Eric Flowers run behind him. He's demolishing people. These are the things that I'm talking about. You have weapons that were never fully used this season. Which is another reason why we are the laughing stock of the NFL. One of the most talented teams that cannot win games. That is a problem. That is a problem. I don't know if anybody else in the fan base feels like I do because it seems like most people just like they can't do no wrong and you're okay with the mediocrity. I'm not one of those people. I didn't grow up like that and I'm not going to start being like that now. So that's it and that's all. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that because if I go any further, it's going to get real heated. And I, I, I want to, but I'm like, you know, I got to keep my blood pressure down. It's an anniversary show. We're supposed to be happy, you know. So I'm happy, but I'm not happy. I'm not happy with a lot of things that's going on in Ashburn. You know, if if it comes down to it and they say, well, Daniel Snyder has a choice to keep the team or sell the team, I, I, I hope he sells it. I never wanted him to buy the team in the first place. I wanted the team to stay with uh, Jack Kent Cook's family, but again, that would have been against his final wishes. So here we are. And it's uh it's going on 20, 23 years now. So here we are. But uh that's it. Um, boss, you got anything to add before we get up out of here? Nah, I think we had a pretty productive show. You went in, you went in on the commanders, I went in on the wizards. You know, we'll definitely have more more stuff to talk about all this week. So that's it for me. Yes, indeed, we will. So uh, for the man of the hour, Tower Power, Two Sweets to Ever Be Sour, Delante. That's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. Happy anniversary, gentlemen, and to the first lady, Lady C. Happy anniversary to everybody. We are out of here.